Hey guys, welcome to the house. Today's episode is brought to you by Trump National Doral. If you want to come stay here, they have packages starting at $149 per person per night through March 2019. It's also brought to you by Rick Smith Golf Performance Center, where you can come and improve your game and get fitted with true spec. All right, we are live from Trump National Doral. Brad, we are now out here podcasting. Yes. Um, first of all, I want to thank uh, Trump National. Uh, it is an honor for us to have Rick Smith out here, and it's an honor for them to let us come out here and do the Sino Gold Invitational. So I want to thank everyone on staff. I want to thank Jesse Sino. I want to thank uh, Dylan Gold. I want to thank Rick for coming out here and giving us the opportunity to not only play golf, not only to talk about golf, but to set up and talk about sports. We know everyone out there in Facebook land and podcast land loves to hear us talk. So now we, we get to have a guest with us and talk about golf, talk about football. Uh, super exciting. All right, and without further ado, we are going to introduce our special guest today. Rick, uh, so we're going to have a, a slate of interview questions for sure. you. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, a uh, quick blurb, anything that you want people who, who might not know who Rick is. Just what, what do you have to say? Well, I've been out here for a long time, you know, back on the PGA Tour many, many years. And my whole career started as a, as a player. Okay. And, and I love playing the game first and foremost. And then the love for teaching as a young young person that was supposed to be playing, started to become more integrated in my life. You know, i.e. Lee Jansen back yeah. at the time. Lee was 15 when I started working with him. Okay. He used to pick up my golf ball. So really? That's he, you awesome. know, he doesn't like that story, but it was true. I mean, so we used to, uh, I used to work with his swing and then another guy comes along, Rocco Mediate. Those guys go on tour, their life starts to evolve. And then all of a sudden I'm on the PJ tour were those guys, and then that's where my stable started to increase. Billy Andrade, you know, joined some ranks, and you know, I've been out there for a lot of decades. Yeah. So it's what I like is being in a situation where I'm now in one of the most beautiful places for for my golf performance center, and it's called yeah. that for a reason. But as time has evolved, you know, from playing to teaching, I've loved helping everyone, and I've created a team here that is second to none and and what happens is we try to bring the fun factor more into the the game and yeah. get people to not be so cluttered in their mind because the game is that's the and, key yeah it's so it can be so difficult so the goal is we try to give you what you need okay we, we kind of our motto is we we take who you are and make you better yeah definitely and it really you know everybody there's ability with everyone everyone can get better and and we really enjoy it and that's why i'm still doing it um, I, I'm gonna. So this is not one of the slated questions we have for you, but I I've been dying to know this. What's what do you think the biggest difference between teaching a professional and teaching an amateur is? That's a great question because you know what you're dealing with with the great player. You're dealing with fractions, right? Yeah. And fractions are amplified into gigantic misses. You know, there's mm -hmm. so much speed that if you're fractionally off, you're gonna have a much bigger miss. The one thing that yeah, I find, too, is that they're certainly more particular. They want to get better. It's so competitive out there anymore with all this, these you know, athletic golfers going out there and playing that they have to play at a very high level, yeah. and they have to sustain or get better, or they get bumped from some of these web.com guys that are coming out and are so good. Yeah. So the difference would be that the common golfer is certainly easier to fix because there's a lot more to fix. Their impact conditions aren't good. 
They don't hit the ball solid. They curve it a lot. And so you have a chance as a teacher to get into your arsenal of drills and things and make them aware. And it's a process that they go through that they learn to enjoy. But it's certainly the quality, you know, the quality of the sound of the impact yeah. of a great player versus someone that is clinking and clanking. It's, mm -hmm. it's pretty substantially different. But we try to teach them to take some of the qualities that we see with a great player. We try to get the common golfer to put some of those things into their swing, and that makes them better, usually faster. Okay. And I feel like with a the beginner, there's just so much more room to grow. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, what we do like to do, and I think it's a key issue in, in the game, is learning to play faster learning not to have clutter, learning not to stand over a ball and go through a checklist of 30 things. Create more of the reaction, you know, the movement. You look, you see, you go hit it, you know, and stop thinking. So dynamically, we try to get them swinging. We don't believe in really there's one way to play. There's so many different ways to play that are successful that you see in the Hall of Fame. And it's really good to be aware of that. So all my teachers are aware that there's a lot of ways to skin the cat. Oh, yeah. And, and more importantly, there's, there's ways to, uh, you know, produce a consistency that, that is taking their slice and minimizing their slice. Yeah. 90% of the world slices a golf ball. I do. Power fade, I call it. I right. do as well. That's, that's the humble way. My ball go out there. <laughs> two, 240, power fade. <laughs> you just you slice it off the planet. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. You know, I like playing wide open courses. I could, oh, I could score real well on a wide open course. You can just keep finding it. Just yeah, keep going it's, to the it's, right. I don't care if I'm on the wide other fairway. Wide open right. Yeah. <laughs> Most people love wide open right. Yeah, it's my favorite. We do that in design. We try to put those bunkers on the left instead. Of the yeah, left. just aim a little bit to the left. Off or you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with the open here, the 147th open, we have Tiger Woods charging. We have a hell of a tournament going on right now. What do you think of right this now? leaderboard oh, right now? Uh, 30, 35 guys within, you know, four shots of the lead. Five shots of the lead, that's pretty heavy duty. Yes, Anybody at two under right now, to me, there's so shot. many of them. One of the guys is going to break out. Yeah. Now they didn't really. The guys that are leading are still on the course, but <clears throat> they didn't blow away. Like I'm thinking, Kisner's going to yeah. shoot five under, and he's twelve under or something. But it's not happening. Yeah. And Tiger is charging today, uh, and I kind of want to start there, Rick. I I want your thoughts just in general on mm. the comeback of Tiger Woods and what it means for golf. Everybody's asked me this one question that started in January. I did uh, several podcasts, and they said, "Well, what do you think of Tiger?" Well, what do you think of Tiger? Well, when you take one of the greatest minds in golf, and one of the greatest records ever a guy like that <clears throat> number one without even analyzing swing you got to know there's there's something left in his tank yeah now the question was this for me knowing that he kind of got away from mechanics which i love he got into his own game and he created shots he hit fades he hit draws he the one thing that i was concerned about in getting fused was his speeds would be reduced well guess what it didn't yeah. happen yeah. his speeds are he's faster. cranking He's smoking it, but he's controlling his golf swing. The shaft's more on top of the plane coming down, which means that his tendency was the club would drop way underneath, body would get really fast, the club couldn't catch up, he'd block it or flip it. So he's fixed it. And so when somebody asked me, I said, if you've got speed and you've got control of the plane of your swing and you're Tiger Woods, look out. Look out. See, I'm yeah. seeing the stinger back, I'm seeing the cut, and he couldn't hit those shots. He'd hit block cuts. And he, it's scary. And I'm not surprised. I, I was, he was one of my picks to, to win. 
And um, I'm just waiting for it. Maybe this is the one. One thing that I notice, um, you know, Tiger Woods, he's he's on this comeback um, to say he's on his world tour of, of becoming back to Tiger Woods. All my friends who are non-golfers, they say, is Tiger Woods back? Is Tiger Woods back? And, I, and it's like, to me, it's not about is Tiger Woods back. Because Tiger Woods would be back when he starts having fun. And it's starting to look like he's having more fun on the course. Well, you know what happened, too? I mean, a lot of the tournaments that he really struck it well, he was putting poorly. Yeah. And now right. he's putting well. Yes. He got a new putter. Yep. Made the change. And he's making putts again. And, you know, I'll never forget, you know, being with Phil for 13 years. And and he was the only guy that, I mean, we were always worried about him. Yeah. I mean, he was a guy he had to beat. And he was number one for how many years? Yeah. It's like. We just kept going because there was one guy that, and he knew that guy was playing well. Well, he made everything. Yeah. One of the greatest putters I've seen, and then he stopped putting well. And then it's no different than when Spieth doesn't putt well. Yeah, sure. He's not in contention, and he's he's lighting it up. Yeah. And he can hit it with his driver crooked, and he hits some right in the burn. He did this and did that, but he hits his irons great. And he makes everything. Makes everything. Yeah, definitely. So. Are there any surprises this year in this season of any golfers who are just playing well, who are exceeding your expectations? <clears throat> this year, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, John Rahm, you never know what he's going to do. He, yeah, missing he, the cut was uh, terrible for this year. shocked me, and I think there are a lot of guys of fantasy golf leagues that are going, oh, I lost my man. You yep. know, you never expect him to do that. I always expect more from him because he started so great. But, you know, think about some of the guys that are playing really well now. Justin Rose is playing really Lights well. out, yeah. And he's charging he's, today. Yeah, he he's right there. And you you got to watch him. I mean, he's swinging beautifully. And really, for him, it's putting. Yeah. He seems to be doing uh, – Norin is an amazing player. Yes. Um, he's If you look at his finishes the last seven, he's won twice, finished in the top ten, three other times. The guy is a machine. And he's really – Really, really playing well. Yeah, you have to look at him. What are your thoughts on uh, you know Bryson Deschambeau? I, I I have so I had the pleasure of uh, walking with his family. Um, was that three years ago at Arnold Palmer? Um, so I got I had the opportunity to hang out with his family, learn more about him before he started yeah. made his real break yeah. on him. So I've been following him really heavy. I feel like he's having such a great year, but when it comes down comes down to the majors, you think it's just a mental thing that's that's where he just can't turn that flip that switch or just the field so it's tough ex it's experience i think the guy is i really like him i mean he's become a good friend out there and i, I like his ability to process he's very bright <clears throat> is he too mechanical no it's just who he is his yeah. brain is just wired that way and He's into data. He's into everything that he can that his mind gets stimulated by. Well, it's what we were talking about in the beginning. Everyone's got to find what works for them. Absolutely. And if yep. he took that away, he'd probably be lost. So, yeah. I mean, part of me is he found a, a way, you know, in terms of more single plane orientation. Hands high, grips are big. Yep. Clubs are similar lengths. And he's made it work. And, it, and he, again, processes things beautifully. And... He's, you know, to win Muirfield was wonderful, yeah. greatest field in golf. And and even I was with uh, Jack Nicholas and Dustin and Bryson at Ferry Point okay. of the Trump National Ferry Point grand opening of the clubhouse and had a good ch chance to chat. And, and even Jack said, hey, even when you don't have your A game, and I've always told this to all my guys, you can still win. The key is 
is how you go through those cycles of nine holes, five sure. holes that maybe you're not hitting it good. And you got to get it up and down. You need to score and then you need to fight back. And a lot of great players share that trait. And even Bryson said, he goes, you know, he goes, Rick, I, I wasn't, I didn't have my A game. And I go, well, that proves you, you're getting to another level of a player. And that's really, I don't like when the guys go, oh, I got to get to the next level and they're winning. Yeah. It's like, no, just keep doing what you're doing. But when things do go off, you're tuned in to get it back sooner and you're not missing a cut. Yeah. So you're always kind of in contention. Right there in it, yeah. His approach to the game kind of uh, – Remind, it kind of makes me feel like these younger golfers who are coming up can do their own thing. Uh, I'll go ahead and, and shout out uh, Matt Wolf from Oklahoma State with his crazy swing. Sure. Um, I, I feel like I was listening to a, a bit by his uh, swing coach, and his swing coach is like, I can't change his, his swing because he's performing well, he's comfortable with it, he's square impact. Every When, the, when, it, when it counts, when the club head is hitting the ball, that's what matters in his swing. And I feel like... Now golfers are, are they want to play their style. Well, I think it's important that you do that, and we've taught that you know our whole lives. Is, yeah, uh, we've never created a method. We're not a method-oriented group of teachers, and we all do understand that. For example, I mean Jim Furyk, we all know what that swing looks like. You visualize yep. it. You see this big reroute loop and so forth. But TrackMan and other data and and the quad and and high-speed photography proves. His Im Im impact conditions almost the same all the time. In fact, he was repeating more times in the center of the face, which is so critical to hit it solid. Yeah. Nobody was more consistent in his all of his years of playing golf. And it just proves that it doesn't have to look pretty. It's like how efficient is it as the club starts to approach before impact and how good you are through impact. And we teach a lot of the common golfers to really focus on being really good hip high to hip high. Yeah. And they start to get a sense for the feel of, of better impacts. And, you know, Furyk's a great example of it. I mean, if you told him to do something, and that's what we, we always teach. I mean, I, Brendan Steele, one of my guys, has the strongest grip on the PGA Tour. Paul Azinger did too, and he had a pretty good career. And yeah. I, I laugh with Paul about it, and he goes, oh, my gosh, his grip's stronger than mine. And I <laughs> said, yeah, but it works. So, yeah. But you, there's compatible things that go with strong grips. Or look at Dustin Johnson. His upright arms and his bowed wrist. Yeah. I can't even bow my wrist like that. It's crazy. Yeah. But he's unbelievable. And yeah. guys like me, so big Dustin Johnson fan, guys like me, I go on the range and I, I try to do the things Dustin Johnson does and it doesn't work for me. And it works for him. And, and right. he does it effortlessly. There's variables that we call are compatible. Yeah. There's things that work with other things. There's things that don't work with other things. Part of your goal is to recognize the things that you need. Every golfer has a couple things that they have to do with their swing. And so when you learn those, instead of reading, it drives me crazy I, I, when people are always reading the next tip or they're grabbing a hold of information that does not apply to them. And they're going, oh, I got to do this. It's like, no, you don't. You know, it's like, no, don't do that. You're going to go down the wrong, wrong road. Yeah. And they go down the wrong road and they're going totally, it's like going to, if I'm driving over to set Highway 75 and I want to go to North and I go to my I go south of Miami, yeah, you're gone. Yeah. You know, you're in Cuba and you're gone. You you won't come back for a while. So, making good decisions is is what the tour players always do, and I think the common golfer has to do it as well.
And speaking of making good decisions, uh, you had mentioned that you had spent a lot of years with Phil. Uh, can you yes. can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, it was amazing. We we spent a good 13 years together, and now we're still. I'm his golf design partner. We're building and finishing a course in Calgary, and we're doing a, a wonderful project in Bali, Indonesia, that's oh, starting nice. in uh, January. So very cool. We've already done the plans for that. But he he loves golf course architecture, and and uh, we used to play before a major. We used to play somewhere all the time yeah. for years, and so then I started designing. This is back in the early '90s, and he kind of liked what I did, and so he would see the courses I built, and he goes, "Hey, one of these days we're going to be building courses together," and we are. So it's fun. It's been fun, and he's really a student of it, and uh, it's. Uh, but it was wonderful because we we won three majors together, and you can't take that away. Yeah. You know? And uh, we we won a lot of golf tournaments, and I was you know privileged to work with him. You know. Do you have a favorite memory during that time? Oh, I'll never forget. I I'd, I'd have to say, it was two thousand three. He had a bad year. I mean, he almost lost his wife, almost lost his son. You know, in the pregnancy, it went really yeah. bad, and uh, he wasn't into his game at all. But he looked at me. I'll never forget it. I got him a tryout for the Toledo Mudhens. He wanted a pitch. One game. He goes, one game I want to pitch in my life, and can you set it up? Well, the Tigers were close to me at the time, and, and all of a sudden he goes in for a tryout. And this is, you know, the golf manufacturers, all of his sponsors going, Rick, what are you doing? <laughs> I go, this is Phil. Let him be Phil. Was he throwing he, heat? <laughs> he, he actually had this crazy knuckle curve that would really move. And oh, so, wow. you know, and he'd throw his fastball, and they'd go, uh, you can throw a fastball now. So his fastball wasn't that fast, but it's all relative. He'd still, he threw junk. And yeah. So the mud hens are batting and not one guy's getting it. I'm thinking they're, they're, they're going to bomb him. Right? Yeah. yeah. They were kept hitting pop-ups and he was <laughs> loving it. And the coach even looks. And so a call goes into the Tiger organization at that time. They lost up like 140 games. It was oh, the yeah. worst year yeah. of their life. And at that time they're going, Dombrowski was in charge at the time, and he goes, we'll be a laughing stock if Phil comes in here and in pitches because it's like, what are you doing, Tigers? You need some real life stuff, yeah. right? Well, he doesn't get that gig, and then he goes, well, how about the mud hens? And then now it's a liability. A line drive, even if he goes in sure. for one inning, yeah. it hits him, he's out. He's dead, you know? And they go, we're not going to do it, but it was still fun to watch. Yeah. Now, having said that, back to Phil that year he looked at me and he said we really need to work and I go okay let's go to work so I fly out in January we work really hard on some good things posting up better he had a lot of saggy legs and hung back and flipped it and we worked on better rotation and better club face control because of it and I taught him how to hit some cuts and and before you know it he started striping it. Now yeah. we're like 80% fairways hit, which was something he never did. And his irons got better, and I said, this is our year. He goes, I have to have a good year. Well, he wins the hope two weeks later, and then he's going into the Masters striping it. Yeah. He's, he's, he's winning. He's, he's won, I think, twice now going into it. And the Masters and being in that, we knew, we felt like this is it. Yeah. And what was cool about it, it actually happened. Yeah. And, right. and to win that first Masters, and as Phil says, you know, everybody kids him about the jump. And he said, you know, Rick, that photo, everybody thinks that that was me at the top. I was halfway down. So when he was jumping, he, he was like yeah. six inches off the ground. He was kidding, <laughs> saying, 
I know I can't jump, but I was <laughs> excited. But we were all just went crazy. And to see him hit certain shots and then to see Ernie Els in front of us, and Ernie at the time was, was he was going after it. Yeah. So Phil had to be aggressive on the back nine, and he did. And to make that putt on the last hole to win. And I'll tell you that, going back in time, 2004, he was about seven shots total from winning the Grand, Grand Slam yeah. that year. Should have won the Open. We lost to Retief. He lost by a couple shots. And then he goes to the PGA. Finishes. He finished second in the British. It was the best year ever of his life. And we've always talked about it. And that was the really most special thing that I've seen him do. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Phil's, Phil's a great guy. You know, I, I love watching him on the uh, on the tour. I, like, really think him that him and Tiger thing for 10 mil is going to be sick. They're not going to pay for it. You know, it's going to be sponsored, but oh, yeah. it's going to be sick. Well, and it, it was kind of like uh, they're in a situation that a lot of people wondered, too, back then. You know, are they close? You know, are they, you know, are they friends? Are they, do they hate each other? And I used to say, guys, first of all, Tiger lives in Florida at the time. Wasn't married. Yeah. Phil has a full family living in California, and that's a different life, right? So, I mean... They used to give each other a hard time in the locker room and kid at lunch. And and now they realize that, hey, they can move the needle. They can help grow the game. A lot of the young guys that I, I think the game is very healthy now with the new new youth. Yeah. You know, and uh, they're, they've inspired those guys to be better. You know, Jason Day, Spieth, uh, you know, look at McElroy, look at uh, Justin Thomas, look at Ricky Fowler. They've been great for the game. Yeah. And they're fun. I mean, they're crazy. You know, they are they do their Instagrams and jumping off of boats. Oh, and, yeah. And and uh, they've been really good for the game. They were inspired by Phil and Tiger. Yeah. And that's why we love sports. I mean, and we saw great players make other players better. Yes. No, there's no doubt. Now, I will say this. Back when Tiger, you know, started getting hurt and everybody knew that his workout regime was so really important, right? And... And he got so strong because you look at old film clips. Yeah. When he was coming out, he looked like Justin Thomas. Yeah. And he bulked up and got strong, but then he started getting hurt. So I think as you saw a lot of the youth starting to get strong, like McElroy's strong as a bull. And, and Dustin Johnson and Kepka could lift this building. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but they got to be careful at a certain point is the point, the joints. It's yeah. not even about their structure. And, you know, you can do that when you're young, but you do have to be careful. And I think they probably learned that, that they all have their programs. Yeah. You, you got to be careful. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting point. I've actually yeah. never heard that brought up before, but yeah, it's I mean, true. Got to watch that because that wasn't good for Tiger. I mean, he got to a point, right. he got hurt. His legs, you know, his, he, his left leg snapped. You know, his left leg at impact is so straight. Yeah. Heel off the ground. And, and uh, those things, you just get tighter, you know. So you got to watch that. Definitely. So... We were talking about the young guys. Let's talk about uh, one of the legends in the game, um, Arnold Palmer. I, I just I had to ask you because I you know I went on your website and saw the pictures with you and Arnie. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite Arnie memory? I, I'm if oh, you go to my God. house, you'll see I have Arnie stuff all over it. It's crazy. It's I have to know your favorite memory. Well, one of the things I mean, he used to come up to the par three shootout. I'd built this incredible. It was a great nine hole par three that you know was made for TV and and actually NBC wanted to do it ESPN did it at the time and so there would always be two seniors and two regular tour players so Freddie was there making money Phil was there Jansen was there Ray Floyd was there Jack was there Arnold was there 
and Arnold and I got to be pretty close. He'd come up and he'd love it and he'd play in the event. And, uh, and I knew him way before that because I was from Pennsylvania after Michigan. I went from Michigan to Pennsylvania yeah. as a kid. And he, of course, was, you know, in, in Pennsylvania, yeah, Pennsylvania yep. Laurel Valley. Rocco Mediate, one of my students, you know, for many years, knew Arnold very well, and they used to play a lot. So I played a lot with all th with those guys. But I'll never forget, it was, it was 1993, and I, I was fortunate to watch Zinger hit balls, and we worked a little bit, and he had John Redmond as his teacher at the time, but he wasn't there, and he wanted to get a little more tuned in. And I'll never forget doing a practice round with Arnold, and Lee Jansen was there, Rocco was there, Arnold, I think it was Jack, because I was working with Jack a little bit there at the same time, and we were at Inverness in Toledo, Ohio, and Arnold goes, you know, I'm just not hitting it that good, Rick. Could you, could you watch me hit a few? And we're on the course, and we're on the seventh hole at Inverness, a beautiful golf hole. that uh, It's an old-style, beautiful, elevated green, stream down the right, really intricate green. And we're back in the fairway, and I go, all right, Arnold, I'm going to film this. <clears throat> I got to find this film. So I stand behind him, and he goes, yeah, I'm feeling like I just, this, it's not quite right. So I stand behind him, I'm filming him. It's a two iron. He's hitting a two iron up the hill, and he hits it. And I go, boy, uh, Arnold, that was really good. And within about five seconds, the ball goes in the hole for a two. Oh, my God. And I go, you really need a lot of help. Don't you? <laughs> right. And I've never seen that. Yeah. It was, I'll never forget that. And it was just funny because the guy's hitting the hardest club on the hardest hole yeah. with the hardest green. He holds it for a two. And he started laughing. He goes, yeah, I got all kinds of problems. So, <laughs> you know, great personality, great for the game. Obviously, everybody knew him. Uh, and I think a lot of guys learned. I, I know Phil learned from him to take the time to always be thankful that you're there. The youth saw him. Some that didn't, probably they just hear stories. Yeah. But nobody was better in the growth of the game. And Jack and, and Arnold were close, even though they were so competitive. And Jack became more that way, and, and Arnold just, just moved the needle, you yeah. know, and helped. It's the reason I'm standing here, you know, and, and teaching and being in the game of golf like I am. It's because of, of him and because of he created the popularity that, that we know is so important to us. Yeah, we, we definitely are both super thankful. Love we wouldn't have our jobs for him. <laughs> right. Our, we both work for the Golf Channel. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I worked with Golf Channel for yeah. so many years, and – we used to have a lot of fun, and, and uh, I remember those years, and I shifted over from ESPN, and and I went over to Golf Channel, and we did the big break, yep. and, and uh, did all the troubleshooting, give, you know, had all these TV shows with them, and that was fun. I just love the stories that everybody uh, told Arnie that a 24-hour golf network would never work, yep. ever. Isn't that amazing? And you know what? He was ready to hit it through the trees. That that's the yeah. quote that we see every day. You know, if you didn't hit it through the trees a couple of times, then that's right. Then yeah. we wouldn't be here. That's true. And you know what's cool is it's almost like golf channels to a point with NBC that there's almost like room for all all you know golf, a lot of pure golf, and then there's a whole nother channel for instruction. Yeah. I mean, it's they got to be thinking about it because people just want to dial in and get whatever. You know, and that, that's also what makes golf so special is that, you know, if we're watching football, we're, we're not going to go out two hours later and put on pads and start hitting each other. Uh, but yeah. for golf, I mean, you can go out and grab a tee time. 
I don't know. You may go out and hit somebody. I yeah. Don't <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. The second I watch football, I'm ready to throw the football and just schedule a game. A little tackle. That's right. That's right. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll transition over to uh, what's your favorite Jack memory? Well, I, I think it was always a thrill. This, you know, there's so many of them. But I'll never forget working with his son, Gary. And there was a guy from Ohio State. His name was Chris Rule. Okay. And I was working with Jansen, and I was down in Jupiter area. And, uh, just a funny story. The Gary goes, come on over to the house. Let's get some work done. And, you know, and the goal for Gary was to get on tour, and Jack certainly wanted him to get out there. And so we're making progress, and he goes, come over to the house. And so I go over. Well, he's still living at the Nicholas house yep. at home and answers the door. It's Jack. And Jack's in his shorts and golf shirt and he goes rick i want to thank you for what you're doing for gary and he goes uh do you have time for me this afternoon and i said no i gotta go do laundry i've got to go to get my car while i was kidding i mean i'm gone yes i what an opportunity yeah. so he says let's get some work done so that was a thrill and to be with him ended up really spending time with him for all those years from like 90 two to all the way through and jansen wins 93 at baltus roll and jack was there and and uh he won the senior open the same year that, that lee won the regular open so working with jack to help him was a thrill of a lifetime i took his swings from 60s every decade 70s 80s 90s and where he was now and i said let's go back a little in time when nobody could beat you and so we would focus on width and focus on different things that he, Jack Rout, would work with him on. And, and that was a, a total thrill to work with him. And it ended up helping where practice rounds that whole year, 93 I remember the most, 93, 94, 95, it helped like the Lee Jansons and the Roccos yeah. that I worked with to go, here's the greatest player in the world. I would have never played with him, and I'm working with all of them. And, and he, they're picking his brain on course management and – different things that Jack brought to the game. And I, I think it was cool that he shared that with all my young students. And they ended up doing a lot better because of it. And I, I really always appreciate that. And Gary ended up getting back on tour as well. So we all know he's the greatest player in the world. And Jack knew how to, if he had modern equipment and the modern ball, he didn't knock the ball. It would have been amazing to see him in his prime form when in the late 60s, if he yeah. had our equipment now, he, he, it would have been outrageously long. Because he was long with wooden yeah. solid yeah. golf balls, you know, that were out of route. Yep. So it's, it would be amazing to actually get data and see if you could interpret what he could do in terms of speeds. I'll guarantee it was over 120 miles an hour. Wow. Even back then. That's yeah, awesome. With that stuff. So, But, yeah, I mean, look what he's done for the game. And I like that he's still out there now. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, being a president and, you know, in the president's cup, being a captain, being in charge. And he's really moved the needle. And I, I know the guys all appreciate it. Oh, definitely. Me. Some of my favorite sports memories uh, living in Columbus is going to Mirfield Village every single year. Mm. Still puts on a great tournament. It's one of the best events on tour. Yeah. Arguably the best. You know, you take the majors and you add the players and Mirfield's right there. Got to be mean, number six. Right there. Perfect shape. It's the most well-run event of any one I've ever seen. Uh, it's very classy, and that's what Bryson, he yeah. felt pretty good when he won that. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it's great to talk about the legends, always. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, transition into your course design. I mm -hmm. kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, where you get your inspiration for 
I'll never forget, this is back to my very first course that was at Treetops in northern Michigan. Um, I was, it was funny, the owner, Harry Melling, was a wonderful guy who passed away, you know, a while ago now, but he passed away when he was in his 50s, but we became very close. He he helped, ba he basically built the resort, but he asked for my help for golf, and so I remember Jones Sr., Robert Trent Jones Sr. built the first one, Fazio built the second. I brought Tom in because the first course was pretty hard, and at that time I kept thinking the game's too hard. Let's not make courses harder. Let's make them more fun. Let's make them visually dramatic and artistic and create options for different shots for everybody, all levels of players. And I'm standing there as a teacher watching foul balls and great players hitting different lines on a hole, and I said, you know, it would be great to build one of these someday. And Harry was sitting with me, and he goes, I know you can build one. In fact, he goes, what do we need to do for the growth of the game, Rick? You've got Fazio. I go, I think we need a par three shootout or a par three course that's really good. Yeah. I said, I just got back from the Masters, and that's all anybody talks about is a par three. This is 1991. And he looks at me. We're having a couple beers. We're just relaxed. And he goes, uh, you've looked at the land. You know this land very well. Why don't you go build it? And he goes, if I like it, you go build the next course. And I go, oh, wow, this is going to be great. So I go out. I build this thing in like three months, this par three. And it's pretty dramatic. And we do the opening with Fazio. And it gets some really strong rev reviews, the par three did. And Fazio looked at me and said, why did you build that course when my course was opening? And we <laughs> kid each other. And I said, sorry. I just said, I think this is kind of where the game's going. And so he goes, no, it's fun, it's cool, and um, what happened, then I built my first course. So what I did, I basically had been to Ireland, Scotland, the East Coast, which I love for the courses out in Long Island, and I went on a trip, right when Harry had said, Rick, you're going to build the next course, I went to Ireland, I went to Scotland, and I played all the courses, I didn't just look at them, I wanted to play them and get a feel for the ball, and talked to a lot of the people about, you know, what they loved about certain courses. And then I went to Long Island and played all the courses, Shinnecock, National, Garden City Golf Links. And then I took a group of guys and at the end of a trip, and I, we went for a week, and I said, what was your favorite course on Long Island? You know, and we played them all. Yeah. And the favorite course was not the hardest course. It was not Shinnecock because it beat their brains yeah. out. It was Garden City Golf Club. So I'm going, okay. Fun. It was fun. We all had a blast. It looked cool. It was old style, bumped up. It was, it was. It, it had a lot of options to play. We had all different levels there, and that was the unanimous vote. So all those influences and just my life being around the game and teaching the game brought me into where I built the signature course at Treetops, and that led me to many courses after that. So I knew that my first shot had to be good. Yeah, it was and the it big was, one. Yeah, especially in you know in line with Fazio and. In Jones Senior, and and I've loved it ever since. I've done it since '91, and we've built about 13 courses now. What's your uh, favorite course you've designed? If you have well, one, well, you, when you look at them, they're all different. They're like kids, you know. Like the signature course is an inland, old style. There's fern, there's fescue. It looks like it was back built in the early 20s. Yep. Uh, it's special. It's won a lot of awards, which is cool. People like playing it. I built Arcadia Bluffs with uh, with a group. And it, it was, it's world class. It was a site where we moved all the trees and it was in the dunes. Uh, Oakland University was great. Turning Stone is great in New York. 
they're all different, you know, and that's my point is you don't, it's like teaching. You see different styles and what you do is you go to an environment. The Bali Indonesian one is, is going to be amazing because you've got these rice paddies and these really cool terraces that yeah. we're going to do some cool things with and integrate it. But Calgary, I'm just finishing with Phil and it's, it's amazing. It's, I think it's got kind of, it's, it's, it's uh, eclectic. It's got a lot of different looks to it. Pretty dramatic. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And That's so, awesome. you know, it's just fun to be able to do those things. That's awesome. I love it. So it's hard to pick a favorite when you when they're all different. The same thing with, you know, St. Andrews. Love yeah. that. But then I like Pine Valley. And then I like, you know, uh, Royal County Down in Ireland. I love it. I yeah. love things that are different. You know? Yeah, you're, def you're definitely an artist. Course designs are I, – I paint. I, I don't have a favorite painting. Right. I have multiple paintings on my walls. And yeah. I tell you which ones are – why I like this one. What I was going through when I painted that. My ideas for everything. Um, so we we alluded to this earlier. Everyone knows if they don't know, you have, you have a golf performance center. This is this is our this is our opportunity to give you the stage if you want to Thank you, you yes, know invite do. anybody out um, to get golf lessons hmm. to get better. So I just want to give you the floor. No, for that. I appreciate it. You know, it's very special, and uh, I was notified. You know, the Trumps notified me in uh, it was about July about you know potential opportunity and. And I said at the time, I was at the Ritz in Naples for years, and that thing went to a closure because of WCI's issues, and that was resolved. But having said that, you know, I saw this incredible opportunity to go to maybe the most international global market in the world, which was really appealing to me, from Europe to all of Latin America, New York, uh, Canada, which was a huge market for me in Michigan. And to say, what an opportunity. They've built this the Trump spent over $250 million and, and more on this renovation of this facility from the hotel all the way to building this. It's no question it's the most beautiful golf academy building in the, in the world. I think it is. And they gave me opportunities. I brought all, in all the technology uh, for data, which people love, and we use it at the right time with people. I have a robot that, that literally creates a program where you don't say a word and you move people and it moves you and it teaches you motor patterns that are really unique and it's more from a field perspective and I can create any variation. In fact, Bryson has one in his house and he uh, swings it all the awesome. time and he's always working on it and he's got his swing build in it and we want it to be the number one place in the world. We think we've, we've got the start. I've got the best teachers in the world that I've hand selected that understand that there is no method but there's a way to improve and get better. And then, you know, when you take the hotel and you take the great golf that's here, it's a great package where they can do everything. And they can come in here multiple days. We have different programs really based on what everybody needs. You know, there's short game and we've got, I call them the pillars, you know, and I wrote, a, wrote my TV show used to be about mind, body, swing. And we're bringing the pillars of what makes people better to kind of a highly specialized MD Anderson Mayo Clinic environment where if you want short game, you got it. Yeah. If you want putting aspect, you've got it. If you want fitness, we have it. If you want mind psychology, you have it. And then you want to learn, you know, course management, we have it. So when you take all those things that great players really are good at and you label it, then we create the environment with our teaching programs that basically are amazing and so now for me it's just making people aware we're here yeah and thanks to you right. guys you know people are going to hear we're down here in Doral we're at Trump National Doral 
We're in a beautiful facility. It's in perfect shape. The courses are perfect, and the hotel is perfect. The chefs are great. And, you know, frankly, the Trumps are about one thing, growing the game. Yes. And I, back when the world was falling apart, 08, 09, 10, everybody was bailing. And you know what they did? They came in and lifted the game up. And they created quality that's unlike anything. And all their facilities are the same. And I've been, I just got back from Trump Doombag. Yeah. We played Bally Bunyan, La Hinch, and Trump Doombag is one of the nicest places in the world. It's a kind of a modern, linksy right gorgeous site spectacular site they have aberdeen and they have trump turnberry over there so they care about the game and so i love that that they do care about it yeah the, the kids love it they're behind it uh, trump the ferry point is amazing but for me here it's just an honor and to be here and i'm flattered that i'm here and to be able to take 40 years of my life and to finally say, gosh, you know, I've been traveling so much. Yeah. Now they can come see me. And it's wonderful to be able to park it. I live here. They can just come here. And the staff is here. And we have fun. I got music. The bars, we're bringing out the bars. We rent out the evening uh, for activities. We had 200 people show up. And we had three different bars set up. We have music. I had a DJ. Sounds like we should have been there. It's, <laughs> you guys should come next time yes. when we have one because it's fun. Yeah. Yes. And that's part of the fun of the game that I admired Topgolf and what they did. Yes. But what we're doing is this is a, this is more of we don't have the targets, but uh, in terms of the Topgolf, yeah. we're creating the fun environment with music. I walk in the front door early in the morning, and that music better be on. Yeah. Cranking. And so we want that environment. And we awesome. want to be able to get a Tito's or we want to be able to get a glass of wine. Yeah. So people can relax and learn and play. And that's kind of what we're doing. We respect tradition. I love tradition. I mean, uh, that gets back to the, a whole nother subject on yeah. pace of play and stuff. And overseas, they play in two and a half hours. And America's five hours. Yes. we got to get with it. <laughs> but that's the traditional elements we need to carry over to our game. But I, I've never been happier being in this facility. It's just amazing. I mean, this is... We just started in January, so this is we're going to be, you know, rounding off and finishing our year. We're just halfway through our first year here. That's Only awesome. getting started. That's awesome. Well, uh, I definitely want to thank you um, for coming out and spending the time with us. Um, as we said, we both work at the Golf Channel. We are huge golf heads. We have a, a sports group on top of our podcast, and when we let the group know, our group is swelling. It's growing every day. And uh, we let them know you were coming out here. And I feel like by far the excitement, the buzz about you coming and jumping on our show has been – it's been enormous. The, 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 the buzz nice is just – it's yeah. awesome. So I thank I, you I so much. That. You guys are great, and it's fun. We can be talking all day. And, and that's just what's great about the game. And, you know, it's like I was in uh, up north. It, I was doing a thing at Oakland Hills, and it was uh, for cancer – fundraising and so forth and and we got up and we realized the gate the game that we're in this great game we did you know we're raising millions of dollars for cancer research we're it's amazing what the game does it brings yes. people together and families together and charities you know otherwise you're gonna spend six seven hours in a day to raise money for through the game of golf. I mean, yep. it's been great for all of us. It's guys. awesome. I mean, that's why we're, we're here. Definitely. Doing definitely. it the right way for sure, Rick. It, it was great talking to you. Great talking to you guys. It was really fun and look forward to seeing you guys. You got to come back when I get the 
that party going. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, like we'll definitely uh, be there.